0: you're not an expert until you, you've made enough mistakes and been asked enough questions. And, you know, kind of along the way, like I had an answer for everything where we're, you know, kind of clinically or, or in our brains, we're like, we know why we do things, but until you've verbalized it and explained it, you've never really kind of cemented your, your philosophies. So-
1: Hey everyone, and welcome to Sports RD Snippets. I'm Liz Waluka, a registered dietitian and board-certified specialist in sports dietetics. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you a sports dietitian guest that will share advice, insight, and rewards of the profession. Snippets of their own career path to becoming a sports RD. Hi everyone. Welcome back to Sports RD Snippets. I'm so excited to have Joel Totoro today on the podcast. Joel is a veteran sports dietitian that shares his incredible story to becoming a sports RD that will inspire you to take a risk and go for it. Joel shares his experience working in the ICU and how those skills translate to the professional level. Joel Totoro is currently a registered dietitian and director of sports science for Thorne. Previously, he was the nutrition solutions manager at Exos in Phoenix, Arizona, working with the performance and innovation team. Prior to joining Exos, he was a sports dietitian for the University of Michigan, working with football, hockey, men's and women's basketball, and the chair of the Human Performance Committee. Joel came to Michigan from the New England Patriots, serving eight years as team dietitian, where he became the first full-time sports dietitian in professional sports. While with the Patriots, he directed all aspects of the team's nutritional needs and worked closely with the team's performance and medical staffs. Joel also served as the assistant chief dietitian at St. Luke's Hospital in Massachusetts, specializing in trauma nutrition from 2002 to 2004. He received his Bachelor's of Science in Allied Health Dietetics from the University of Connecticut in May of 2002. He is an original member and former board of directors chair for the collegiate and professional sports dietitians association. Let's jump in and let's meet Joel. Hi, Joel. Welcome to the podcast.
0: How's it going? Excited to be here.
1: I'm excited to have you. How has life been treating you?
0: Uh, It's been good. It's been, uh, you know, obviously a a different set of circumstances. Everyone's kind of navigating, you know, kind of year unlike ever before, but uh, it's been good. It's been uh, fun.
1: Trying to to adapt. Yeah, no, definitely a lot of changes, but I feel like there's some routine. So it feels at least good for now falls here. So we'll see. But yeah, so I like to start these episodes off with how we know each other. So I remember, I actually, I almost forgot about this, but I remembered because it was important. I remember I went to APW in 2017 and it was in Arizona and I landed and you texted me. I didn't know you. Like, I mean, I know knew of you, but I didn't know you And you were like, hey, you have a 617 number, like welcome to Phoenix. Um, like you were from New England too. And that was really nice because I didn't really know anyone. And I was like, oh, that was so nice that he reached out to me. And then I realized at APW in 2018, that was the year that I got the job at UConn. And that's probably where I found out that you went to UConn. So we have the Huskies in common. And then I'm also from New England. So I'm a Pats fan, and you are the sports dietitian for the Patriots. So go, Pats. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, no, it, it's fun. It was, uh, I always get excited when, uh, whenever I see, and, and having lived away from New England, you know, you pick up a, a, an area code and you're like, yeah, I get really excited about it, you know, and kind of the further west I went, I, was, I started claiming like Maryland as New England, like just somewhat of the East so Coast, funny. right? So it was, it was fun, yeah.
1: I love that. That's amazing. All right, so let's jump in. Joel, can you take us through your career path up until this point where you started and where you are today?
0: Yeah, so uh, it all started at UConn. So uh, super lucky there. Uh, My senior year, uh, the exercise physiology group from Ball State, uh, which included Dr. Jeff Bolick, who's a PhD in in kinesiology as well as an RD, uh, came to UConn. So I was able to um, get an internship with them, do some some of my research hours with them. And just, it was the first time I kind of realized like, okay, uh, sports nutrition can be its own thing, right? At that time it was, you know, consulting only, and there were, like, there was one person for every city that kind of claimed it, uh, and, and to be to, honest, you know, Jeff was the first male dietitian I met, so that was awesome, you know, just to kind of, it helped me kind of put myself in the, in the profession at a time where I was kind of, you know, kind of questioning where I was going to go, um, but I didn't, I didn't get into sports right away, like I said, it was such a, in its infancy, so um, I worked uh, out in Massachusetts in, um at St. Luke's Hospital and in a hospital group, uh, and I was um, working surgical ICU was majority of my my role, which was awesome to be able to kind of kind of see. It's kind of forced interdisciplinary uh, at that level. You know, you're in grand rounds. You, you are the smartest person about nutrition in the room. You know, figuring out you know, pharmacists and I doing you know TPNs and tube feeds. It was kind. It was exciting that like every day mattered. You know, and, and it wasn't. Um, it was never. There was never a routine you know so it never got boring and you know you're seeing cases that you only read about in in textbooks so uh it was really exciting to me there and i had the best boss ever there beth winthrop who's just a phenomenal human being and was really interested in nurturing me you know from the jump and treating me like a full-on professional you know three months out of college so uh that kind of really honed my kind of like a uh, vision of the workplace and kind of dynamics and, and what's just what's expected of a dietitian. you know kind of in the world so um that was extremely helpful. And uh, you know, two a little over two years into that, um, I was actually uh uh taking about to start a statistics course to look at going the PA route uh after working with all the GI docs. And uh that's that's where that's where I saw myself, you know, ICU, GI, you know, putting in peg tubes. And then I got a call from Dr. Rolick that, you know, the Patriots were looking for somebody. Um and in my mind, I thought it was, you know, okay, can you come in and give a lecture or two during, uh, during training camp? That's kind of what it was back then, you know, and I'd been doing some, you know, kind of volunteering and side work on the weekends, just kind of staying in the sports world, you know, at the amateur level, and, you know, it's a hometown team, you know, I'm, uh, I'm losing my mind here. So like I go up there, you know, 24, you know, oh, ill-fitting God. suit, you know, and, and I'm interviewing with, you know, you know, people I've seen on TV. And I, I think part of it was, that, uh, Dave Ellis was there. Was kind of was uh, kind of helping bridge that gap. And I met him through, through Dr. Rolick. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, so I'm up there. I'm talking to them. And I think a big part of my interview was, can you handle the environment? You know, you know, we've heard, you know, from Dr. Rolick and from other people that, you know, clinically you can handle it. But, uh, you know, can you handle the environment? So uh, one story, I was still there. Uh, I was, you know, interviewing and Dave was there. And they were actually leaving on a, on a road trip. And, you know, it's mandatory, you know, suit coat. Uh, and, and, you know, nobody had told Dave that. So he's about to fly on the plane. So he, he kind of sizes me up. He's like, oh, what size are you? Uh, so I, I went in there in a suit and I left in t t-shirt and literally gave the shirt off my back for that job. So, you know, that kind of, I think that, that made an impression, anything you can do, right? They always say that. Um, so, yeah, so I, I got the job and it was, you know, originally, you know, a couple hours a week and uh you know within like two weeks they're like why don't you just not do the hospital <laughs> and uh thankfully my boss was at the at St. At Luke's was super supportive and she's like "This you'd be stupid not to so um so I was able to kind of just switch over to that and you know we didn't we didn't lose my first game so they kept me and uh you know we kind of we went we won a Super Bowl that year and uh you know that always helps you know winning always helps uh solidify uh uh, some of your plans for the next year. So we just kept building it. And, you know, I had an amazing uh, performance staff there that, that supported me the whole time through. So I did that for about eight years, eight seasons. Um, and at that point, you know, I was, you know, and, and you know, in athletics, you're never just one thing. So I was, uh, you know, I was, you know, helping out in the, the, you know, athletic training PT room, just kind of learning some of that, just so I could understand more completely what they do and how I support that. My office is in the weight room, and you know, I was doing a lot of training with them. Uh, just kind of picking up every nugget they had <clears throat> and, and at that point we had gotten the nutrition program to a pretty decent place but um, you know I kind of done it for eight years and, and we were we were looking like whether we got how much we were going to grow the program and whatnot and, and you know when things are working it, there's always hesitance to change right so mm-hmm. um, so at that time Michigan reached out and you know they had this opportunity to kind of um, grow their existing program and, and kind of support their staff that they had there. At that time, it was one dietitian for 900 athletes. And you know how that goes, right? So they were trying to, uh, you know, just kind of get, you know, get up with the, the growth in the industry. And, you know, so I was able to go there. And Growing up in New England, I've always been a big hockey guy. And I've always thought nutrition has been super applicable to that sport. Um, so I had the opportunity to kind of look at, you know, how, how nutrition works in basketball and hockey. And that was exciting for me. But um, the biggest draw was I had never had a team. You know, I was me. I was the department. And, uh, you know, as, as great as it was to have, you know, strength interns and, and athletic training interns come through. Um, I kind of didn't really have the opportunity to mentor, which is huge for me. It's it's why I am where I'm at. Uh, you know, I've had some great people in my life. So there was that that opportunity. And, and finally, they were building a performance center. So I really wanted to see what it was like. You know, we all dream about, you know, we, we fit our program into the box. Where we're in, but we all dream about the ability to, to build our own. Um, so that was a huge draw as well. So, kind of went out there, did that for for three seasons or so, and kind of in my final season. And at that point, it had been over a decade of football and you know weekends and whatnot. And uh you know, our AD got fired, our football staff got fired, our president retired. And I was like, oh this is kind wow. of a, a clean break. <laughs> see what see what else I can do in the industry. And you know, at that time, the opportunity came up. Uh, you know, I had found Thorne um, through, I couldn't, I was trying to find a, a, you know, a clean magnesium for my athletes, you know, I was starting to identify that that was a problem for, for a majority or most of my athletes, um, and I just couldn't find one that I liked, you know, that would be GI tolerable, and I ended up finding Thorne, who was at that point only available through medical practitioners, so you had to have some kind of license to, to access the product line, which is great for the quality story, um, but they were starting to launch a, Um, you know, take some of their products and and certify them and kind of launch this elite app, elite program to give that quality to the, um, to our athletes. So uh, the opportunity came up to kind of help launch that and kind of create and and formulate that, what that program looked like. So we launched that through, um, in partnerships with Exos, who's a, you know, training facility, they're huge in the combine and and athletes in the off season. So, you know, they kind of had the it, it was a quick bridge between, you know, living in the athletic world and the performance world to uh, kind of the business and the supplement and, and science and research side, which, you know, I, I, it's always been part of my brain, you know, but uh, we all, I, th- I always explain to people my job now, uh, you know, that stack of papers you're going to read on by week or in the off-season, my job is to actually read those, you know, and stay up on all that stuff, so it's it's really exciting to to kind of, like, see the entire, like, the game is the same, performance is the same, but watching it from a whole different lens is, it's been really fun and challenging and, and kind of that's, it's been six years now at Thorne and we, we've grown the program and watched it, watched it blossom, so it's been exciting.
1: Wow, that's amazing. That is an amazing story about how you started working for the Patriots, because I think people just would never know, like, how, you know, that gig kind of came up in the interview process, so um, that's incredible. Can you tell us about your experience as a dietitian for the Patriots for eight years? What did you learn about yourself from year one to year eight? Any life lessons along the way?
0: Yeah, that's, that's a whole podcast, right? But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it was, uh, I mean, I left a ton and it was because at, at that time, and I know it's, we've grown the profession so immensely, but you know, at that time it was, you know, not even 20 years ago. And, uh, you know, it, it, sports nutrition, like I said, wasn't, there was no path, right? There was no, um, there were no, there was no like representation. You didn't see it, you didn't know about it. You know, there was, like I said, one or two kind of national gurus and maybe maybe each city had a person that was consulting with the teams of that city. But, um, you know, and, and you can ask any of the, the veterans, we've all had a, a run-in with, with somebody at that time, you know, that told us uh, it wasn't a path, it wasn't a job, a full-time job or, you know, that job was already taken. Um, so the good thing about that is there was no landscape, uh, and you had to learn everything all at once. So, you know, I grew up really quick. I learned some some soft skills, some interpersonal skills really quickly. And I, I would say that's probably the um you know, the biggest aspect was, was really learning uh to me, I guess, to understand to to have mastery of my job in the organization, I realized I had to know what my job meant to everybody else and and how to see it through their eyes um you know because there's one thing to do the job and and I think I'm stealing this loosely from from Chelsea Burkhardt but um we all try and do the job we want to do we think Mm -hmm. the job's supposed to do and we forget to ask what our bosses want us to do you know and and Bill one of my my first weeks he's like "My, my my he told me my job is to make sure he never has to think about the food you know what I mean? So he's like, if nobody's in my office complaining or whatever, he's like, you're doing a good job. He's mm-hmm. like, I know you do more than that, but uh, he's like, your job is that I that, that I don't I, you're here, so I don't have to think about this, which I thought was kind of awesome, and it kind of made me realize, you know, okay, so what does everybody else need from me, right? And that's when you realize, um, you know, and it's it's kind of carried me through, you know, where I'm at now, and even in a, a more corporate setting, you know, you can't do your job without a team around you, mm-hmm. right? So it's really really understanding. Um, you know, how you, how you're excellent in the presence of of other great people. Um, So I think that was, that was amazing. Obviously, you know, every day situations come up, you know, I was, I kind of came to the conclusion and I'm not sure when, how far into it, um, that that sports is not really different from the ICU, right? It's Mm -hmm. there's trauma happening to the body. We're doing it intentionally and I know it's going to happen. So of course I can apply medical nutrition even easier than i could in the hospital right because i know it's coming right and and so once you kind of look at it you know in that through that trauma lens you're like okay yeah the recommendations are still the same protein needs are still the same like uh and that kind of really helped me shape my kind of quote-unquote philosophy around sports um so i think that kind of just happened and, and every time you know every time we had an athlete with an injury i'm like okay i need to know what that what the surgery requires just like the icu like let me get the medical charge, quote unquote, right? What's the rehab going to look like? How do I fuel that? What are the, you know, the, the nutrient needs for that recovery? And you just start like, so every day is a case study or, you know, 10 case studies a day, right? And you just learn, you learn along the way and, and you kind of build your, your repertoire up. But, um, so I think that was, you know, just kind of learning how to learn again in, in the real world setting, I think was, was key in those eight years because there, there is no, there's, there's perfect or fail you know, which is a stressful uh, world to live in, but it's also really exciting. And that kind of, you can never, you know, can never get like lazy, right. You can never get complacent in, in athletics because ev- everyone around you is asking the best of themselves. So you kind of have to, you kind of have to live in that world. And it, it's funny. One of the things I've learned in the corporate world is um, depending on where you come from, not everybody has that in, in sports. There's kind of like a base layer of uh, agreement, like, Hey, we're all going to give this, we're all going to you know, we've all done something to get here. We all, you know, deserve each other's respect. We don't have to talk about it, you know? And uh, at the end of the day, we we all win or lose as a team. Um, mm. and, and it's funny in the corporate world that you'll see, and you know, I'm really lucky with the team we have at Thorn. but uh, living in that space, people have like seminars of how to work together, you know, and teamwork. And you're just like, well, it was that or get fired. So I learned pretty pretty quickly on the on the, uh, on the the sports world. And, and I think we, we take that for granted of how much, um, this, this kind of society of sports, you know, for all the, the demands we talk about, there is a huge kind of cultural, um, you know, in athletics and, and obviously at a higher level, the military are the two kind of places I see it where it's just uh, uh, everyone kind of agrees on, on the basic rules. And then it can kind of go from there and build on that. And you don't have to build some of those early, early steps. Um, you kind of just start at, you know, excellence is expected. So um, that's really exciting. And, and I think um, for me, the other thing that stood out again is that, you know, you kind of learning how. I think that what I learned the most in those eight years is kind of how to coach. Um, you know, I say a sports dietitian has to live somewhere between professor and coach because you never know who's going to ask you what their their knowledge demands are. But if you're not, if your message isn't hitting home, you know, I mean, I think I've got probably you know two notebooks full of uh, catchphrases I've stolen from other dietitians that I was like, that's the best way to explain that, right? Um, and I try and give a try and give a, a nod to hey I heard this from this person but I'm getting old now so I forget a lot uh, but yeah so it's learning how to coach and learning like that interpersonal and, and that, that kind of uh, those soft skills the the best design is a hard thing that I think it, it, and I don't want to say it was, it was an intentional ego but learning that uh, sometimes in order to get the, the best result uh, you have to compromise right like mm. you're not going to go yes. from somebody who's has no knowledge I was like hey can you do one thing for me like you know what I mean <laughs> can you uh, can you can you can you have one f- one fueling after training instead of going until eight o'clock at night that's a win and that gets you to you know that's building rapport it's building and it gets you but you know something's always better than nothing and, and kind of understanding that you know I want everyone to be at the highest level most dialed in uh, you know kind of perfect plan for them reality is that's not always up. that time the readiness isn't there so I think I, I think I learned how to coach um, and, and explain my message in those eight years in a way that I'm not sure I would have um, as fast as I did in the clinical world.
1: Wow, I think it's really cool hearing how in the clinical setting, in the ICU, how it probably took you a little longer to realize how those skills can really translate at the professional level. And I feel like that's really refreshing because I think sometimes as students are just getting into the field, you feel like you're really boxed in. Oh, if I choose this path, have to like stay here or have to get experience here in order to go there. But whatever experience you're getting will likely you'll find a way how food service, clinical community, it can all translate to whatever your next role is. So I think that's really cool. What was a transition like going from pro sports to the collegiate level when you started working at the University of Michigan?
0: Uh, I think I'm. um all those reasons I talked about in, in years one to eight um, I think it made my job at Michigan a lot easier because I had answers to a lot of those questions I mm-hmm. had you know conf- I had a program you know I would say uh, you're not an expert until you you've made enough mistakes and been asked enough questions and you know kind of along the way like I had an answer for everything where we're you know kind of. Clinically or in our brains, where like we know why we do things, but until you verbalized it and explained it, you've never really kind of cemented your your philosophy. So I had a core belief system that that I it was easy because the majority of my job was football. The stuff um, it was kind of the the ingredients are the same, the general recipe is the same, but uh, you know there's just some tweaks. So that really helped, and I think that's going anywhere from one job to another. Um, really just like I said your, your resume never goes away um but you you're able to to take and even even a, a negative influence in a previous job teaches you what not to do you know so I think having that experience and a little bit of and as I said sports nutrition full-time wasn't a thing you know it was you know me at the pro level when I started full-time and then you know 10 people at college and maybe a little bit higher but you know there was not we all we all know each other within a month so uh you know that's that's how small the field was. So knowing then at that level, you know, and I was super lucky I walked in, you know, from the pro level from being on the sidelines and watching it to deregulation had just happened. So my job got way easier thanks to kind of the battles everyone fought. So uh so that was great. But it was really having that that philosophy and and one of the things and it's learning that uh and I think I said this at APW, um your your five-year plan may not start until year two and that's okay like sometimes year one is just figuring out where you are where they're at what they need uh politics all that stuff and, and learning that it's it's not necessarily like, you're doing something um it may not be at the, the schedule you're on but you're making a bigger impact than you realize just because it, it's kind of rudimentary to you and these are the, the obvious answers they're they're new to some other people so um, just kind of realizing, learning how to evaluate yourself from you know step back, see what you've actually done. Um, you know, because because if you had asked me what I did year one at, at New England, I, I would tell you I didn't get fired. You know, that that's what it felt like I was doing, right? But it, but in in reality, you know, I was building, you know, implementing a lot of things that weren't there just because I was able to be there every day. You know, that was new. So um, so I think that's that's made the, the transition super easy. Um, you know, when it was the first time I had you know, more than, you know, five people in the performance staff, you know, so I had the access to all these amazing athletic trainers, and, you know, sports psych, and and just the, the infrastructure was there, and it was different, and, and I did go from kind of a peer, you know, and when I started in the league, I was younger than most of the guys, kind of rookie age, and then uh, now I'm, I'm coming in, and, and I am a coach, I am a mentor to these, you know, 18 to 22 year olds, so I had to change a lot about how I coached, you know, and it was, I was more of a, a mentor and a coach and and it was, you know, they physically were about the same size, but mentally I had to realize like, okay, this kid's 17. He's six, three and and 200 plus, but he's, he's a 17 year old. So, you know, I'm dealing with, with that side of the, the, uh, kind of coaching continuum. Uh, so that was, that was exciting and challenging for me, but it it just kind of goes to show if you've got a solid kind of foundation and you know, you're, your nutrition philosophy or or, or growing it uh, it's easy to go back to and just kind of that's your jump off and there's you have certain things that that are truths for you and, and regardless of what the conversation is you're you're able to kind of okay here's my core here's why i apply it to that you know so i think that's that made that transition super easy yeah
1: and I guess I feel really fortunate that when I went to APW, that was before I started at UConn. And I remember the best thing that I learned from that workshop was in your first like 30 days, it's not about all the programs you can implement because I think you would just naturally get excited. Oh, I got this job. I'm going to do like hydration testing or like you just have this mentality that you're just going to start all these things. But in your first 30 days, you're really just supposed to build relationships. And that was the best thing that I ever kind of learned because it sounds really obvious but it took the pressure off myself to feel like I have to like start all these things. And really like you, like you said, you have to figure out like what is your boss envisioned for the program? Because if I have a different vision than my boss, that's not gonna be helpful. So um, going in and just meeting everyone you can and building relationships, like you said, that might not feel like your five-year plan started or in a way, but that's the foundation. And if you don't have the foundation, then all those services that you wanna implement won't, won't really make that difference. You're currently the director of sports science at Thorn. Did you ever think you would see this on your career map when you started out as a sports RD? Uh,
0: for sure not. Um, part of that is because, uh, you know, I didn't see, I didn't see past, you know, season one, you know, and then season one, I didn't see past season two, you know, it was just, uh, like I said, it was such a wide open, wide open field, which I love about this field is you can do anything with it, right? And uh, but I have always been super interested in the business side of things. I love like the psychology of uh, marketing and how, you know, consumers make decisions. And I love how, you know, this color makes people feel this way. And it's just stuff I've kind of learned along the way from, from some, you know, amazing sports psychologists and, and whatever that i have just kind of like, okay, there's a, I can apply the scientific method to anything. So being able to work with experts on that side of it and just really understanding um, some of that stuff and, and really digging into the, the regulations and how hard it is to make a you know a clean unadulterated you know potentially or unintentionally depending on the company um, just really the regulations around that and then what drew me to the the opportunity was um, the depth of the research side of Thorn so you know as opposed to you know a lot of companies will have a board of directors Thorn is a research company that has a product and and for me to be able to work with you know, team of PhDs and doctors and naturopaths and, and other dietitians that like for, for so long, especially in sports, you know, you may have a staff, but some of us didn't or don't. And, and it's, it gets a little bit cumbersome being the, the smartest man on the Island. Right. So for me, you know, some of these calls I'm on, I'm by far the least intelligent person on the call. And that's the best place for me in the world. You know, like I'm just to have that, I kind of, I always tell people like, you need to build your, your cabinet. We can't know everything, you know? So who's your, I've got, you know, vitamin D. I know someone that's going to be, you know, three articles, five articles ahead of me. You know, uh, you know, I worked uh, ICU and then, you know, male dominated football. So, you know, we had a a coach that whose wife had, you know, was having twins and had gestational diabetes. Mm. It's okay for me not to know that, you know, I know enough to know the questions to ask you know so I leaned on my you know my, you know my people and my colleagues that are still working in that world you know you know women and infants and, and learning uh, so I just you know was able to plug that that into into my, my existing knowledge base but but for me to, to really be able to to dig into you know I had I haven't touched um, you know we did a little bit of a uh, IRB proposal at, at Michigan but other than that I, I haven't lived in the research world since you know my exposure with dr. Volick. so having you know listening to how the uh, research uh, project is planned and remembering all that stuff and then uh, just kind of like again like changing your your lens right like the facts of nutrition like the body hasn't changed all that much in hundreds of years right but how do we how do we like how do we impact that from different ways right so that opportunity to really just get into the you know I wanted to learn the business side like I said but really understanding you know looking at from a from a research perspective, from a cutting edge perspective, you know, where, where there's the opportunity and, you know, it's, it's been building over five years to get into the, the testing and the genetic and the biome and, and really how that interplays. So I, I kind of love being challenged and seeing the, uh, the facts kind of evolve. There's a, there's a saying, uh, gosh, I forget where it's even from, uh, but it's, what do we know? What do we think? What can we prove? And in sports, we need to live pretty solidly between what we think. Or what we know, and what somebody's eventually going to prove peer-reviewed, and it, it's nice to be on the side that's pushing, the, you know, the the peer-reviewed to, to make things, you know, rock solid in in political and uh, um, policy. You know, so I know we've been, you know, for years. It was like, yeah, vitamin D is important, magnesium is important, and like it was, you know, pretty obvious to all of us, but you know, we weren't getting lab values. It just wasn't in the draw. So as those came up, and then you know, we've seen all the information on omega three indexes and all the stuff. We're like, yeah, obviously like we could have told you that as dietitians that that was lacking in the in the athlete's diet, but proving it and letting other people sing and impacting policy, you know, at the you know, the NCAA level even when we're, you know, um, permissible to to give to athletes some of the, the you know, we went from deregulation to the thirty percent rule to uh, omega threes, you know, so those are all you had to put the data to it to to make people be like, oh that stuff you were saying three years ago was correct. Awesome, you know. So, uh, so it's it's fun to kind of live on that side of it and kind of be the, um, you know. And I think we've all, as as practitioners, we've all dealt with some of the worst in the supplement industry. So it's great to be part of that, you know, with NSF and and other people as kind of cl- cleaning up the industry or or trying to, you know, kind of feel like we're we're uh, you know the sheriffs in the wild wild west. But you know, the more we do it, and the more people we tell the story of of uh, why third parties is important and, and kind of what what can be or not be in a supplement um, you know we kind of hold a mirror up to the rest of the industry you know there's there's a handful of companies that do it well um, but it, it's fun to kind of live on that side of the world too you know and then because I work you know with all our, our partnerships I'm still able to like I still have my toe in the sports performance world I'm able to see uh, you know how the products were we're you know designing and, and providing are implementing change and student athlete or student uh, I mean athlete uh, health and wellness um, so I still get to live in that world you know designing protocols talking with some of the smartest people and it's great because I still get the, the questions that are like hey we have this athlete this is what's happening what what are we missing from your lens you know so I still get to live in that world and um, use that part of my brain that you know the coaching and the you know the clinical application but also kind of get to live in the, the research and academic world
1: that's awesome. No, that's such a cool perspective and unique in the supplement industry, kind of like looking on the inside out, but also having the experience on the other side while still having um, both of those experiences. So that's really cool. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received in your career up until this point?
0: Oh gosh. Uh, there's so many, I guess, kind of two really early stuck out and they're not, uh, not sports related. Um, my very first job I was covering a maternity leave uh, at Rockville Hospital just down the road from Yukon. and uh, so it's a small hospital and a bigger um, hospital system so, but there is a nine-bed ICU there and you know so I'm legitimately I think two weeks out of uh, out of graduation you know I was supposed to start in June and then the woman I was covering for uh, you know went uh, went bed rest early on a maternity issue so uh, sitting around any and anyone not sign off on my work yet you know so and our infectious disease control guy was like, hey, like, in this room, you are the smartest person about nutrition, you're the expert, what you say is important, you know, so, you know, and that's kind of, kind of really stuck on me. I was like, Oh, God, he's like, I don't know anything about this. He's like, you know, our docs, like can't write TPN. So, uh, which was awesome to see, like, again, that lack of ego that, that translated over into sports, and you see it there too. But it made me realize, like, okay, yeah, no, I am the most educated person on this topic in this room. So there are situations where I have to speak up. I have to be confident, <clears throat> and, and it's my job to be prepared to be that expert going into these meetings. So um, I think that was kind of just an eye-opening thing. That like, yeah, no, I'm like, we are as as dietitians, we are the nutrition expert, and it is our job to, you know, communicate that and be the, you know, kind of loudest voice where it's appropriate within our within our scope of practice. Um, and then I don't know why they stuck with me so much, but I think it was just kind of a um, kind of a impact of my philosophy on on collaborating and, and teamwork. But uh, Beth Winthrop, my first uh, my first boss at St. Luke's, who's one of the one of the greatest dietitians humans I've ever met in my life. Um, in in my very first couple of weeks, she said something along the lines of, "I'll never hire anyone I'm not willing to work for down the road." Mm-hmm. which I think is just a great way to put it, you know, it's kind of the idea is that, so either, you know, all, you know, her staff me will push, you know, her to be the greatest, right. Cause you know, she's managing people that are, that are um, striving for excellence. Um, so it'll either continue to make her, uh, you know, grow her, you know, challenge her to be the best she can be, but also like you want to build a legacy, right? Like it's part of what we're doing in sports. So, you know, um, you know, I left New England, you know, Ted came in and has taken that program to heights I couldn't have imagined, right, so you always want to continue to to be building a base for somebody else, and I think that was, you know, great for her to realize, like, and it goes into mentorship, too, it's just not at your program, but, you know, the time you put into somebody, that is, that is building a framework, so they don't have to, they don't have to go through the the beginning steps you had, dude, like, they don't have to clear those paths, and I, it kind of just kind of stuck with me, and you know, between, between her and Dr. Volek, just the, the mentoring, Um, you know, I would say, I would say uh, always never, never stop having mentors. I mean, some of the, the, the OGs that were there with me in the beginning, we were all, you know, 20 to 30 trying to figure it out, but they're still who I lean on a lot, but, you know, I lean on a lot of younger people too, and, you know, there's, there's experts everywhere, and like, you you lead who you can lead, but, um, you know, if you, if you never stop being mentored and and mentoring, I, I think that's, that's, kind of I don't I don't know if any of that in a, in a succinct soundbite uh, but that's something that, that I learned at, at a very young age that is really kind of directed you know who I am and where I'm at in the profession.
1: That's awesome. Are you ready for the rapid fire round?
0: Yeah let's do it.
1: All right favorite place you've traveled as a sports RD?
0: Oh god uh, I would probably say London. Um we we played a game over there and that was just it was really exciting to see. Um, I mean, it was, it was tough because uh, definitely different culinary cuisines trying to get yeah, yeah. these are my athletes met. But it was just great to see uh, a different culture respond to American football, right? And it was it was super interesting. You know, it's this big packed soccer stadium, and they cheer for for plays, not necessarily teams. And it was dead quiet, which you know we're seeing COVID now. It's just a different. You're just so you know unused to it, but. Uh, I would say that, and then one of my other favorite moments, and I wasn't prepared for it, was my first game at, at University of Michigan. Kind of running out that tunnel, uh, I forgot marching bands were a thing in college. So when you're, you know, you're on that field, and that you're right there in front of the band, and that start, that those drums started going, like, I mean, like full on goosebumps. You know, it was like completely unexpected, kind of hit me out of nowhere, and I was like, this is why we do this. You know, it's so important. And so. Uh, those are probably about the two that really stick with me as far as just, this is different,
1: you know? I love that. Cape Cod potato chips or laid potato chips? Cape Cod, all day. Come on, kettle cooked. Okay. If you get a yellow light, do you slow down or speed up?
0: Uh, it's funny because, uh, now that I'm, I'm back in New England, so New England Joel 100% goes through it. Arizona Joel, a little bit more laid back, uh, a little more senior citizens <laughs> on the road. So, uh. I think it's case specific. There, okay. gotta read the room.
1: All right, biggest risk you've ever taken in your career? <clears throat> uh,
0: I mean, I think it would probably be the uh, you know taking the the patriot job. I mean, it was you know as uh, uncompetitive uh, as as entry level clinical jobs were. It was a major pay cut that first year. Mm. Um, but I you know I was already looking at uh, you know, and it wasn't a full-time job for a potential of a, you know, like I said, started as 10 hours a week and it was, you know, non-benefited. Um, but you know, the way I kind of looked at it was I was, I was looking at going into PA school anyway. So I kind of, you know, said, okay, a couple of years, I can, I can take a little hit. It's kind of like getting my, my master's in, in life, I guess, rather than, than getting actual letters. Awesome. But, uh, so it was a risk and obviously it, it, it had a tremendous upside and it's, it's- I think it paid off. <laughs> A little bit yeah yeah worked okay. out well
1: all right last question are you ready yep all right if you could tell your younger rd self one thing what would you say
0: oh uh i think i think probably uh pump the brakes it, it would be the the first one like i said just it's it's not an all-out you don't need to you don't need to win every day 300 percent above what anyone's asking for you it's okay yeah. to to have those goals and get there. Um, and, and one thing somebody told me along the way is, is you can't hide passion. And, and when you're passionate about what you're doing, buy-in's there. Um, you know, you may not always get the protocol change or the policy change right away, but if, if you're passionate about it and people get to know you, they know you're not going to waste energy on things you're not you don't actually care about. So, um, kind of you know, be passionate every day. And and if the flame ever burns out, it's okay. There's other ways to be a dietitian in this world. You know. So if you know, you know if, if the marching band stops giving you goosebumps, you know, or you stop getting goosebumps. mad after a loss, then yeah, I think yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. listening.
1: Like once, can once the marching band.
0: Yeah, and and like I mean, you can see the way I, the way my career, and it's not the only way to do it. You've seen so many so many veterans have, you know. I say nobody's ever retired a sports RD, so even me, you know, at forty, there's there's still much left. I need to figure out where my career path goes, and and that uh, uh, yeah. So there's many ways to do it, and you don't have to. If the passion's gone or, or lacking, find something else that sparks joy. Where we're going full Marie Love Kondo. That.
1: No, that's great. Pump the pump the brakes and stay passionate. <laughs> Love it.
0: That's it. Print the t-shirts.
1: We do need you, Thanks so much for being on today. Go Pat's. Go Huskies. And have a great rest of your week.
0: Absolutely. Thank you.
1: Thanks so much for listening to this episode on Sports RD Snippets. I hope you found our conversation helpful today. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Share the podcast or tell another Sports RD to be or sports dietitian about it. If you can rate and review the podcast, it really helps the show and is much appreciated. Remember to follow along on Instagram at Sports RD Snippets to see what Sports RD guest is featured each week. I'm super excited to bring on my upcoming guests, so please stay tuned. I'm Liz Baluca and thanks so much for listening.